should there be a price war in the electric car industry? It's a booming industry and one that's moving very rapidly. Remember, the goal is to have new vehicles sold after 2035 in Canada be electric zero emission vehicles. Tesla has slashed its prices and we're going to get into some of the reasons why and what that could mean for this industry with our guest who is a director of policy and strategy at Clean Energy Canada, a think tank based at Simon Fraser University. Rachel Doran is joining the show. Rachel, good afternoon. Thanks so much for making the time. Really nice to chat with you, Chelsea. I, I'm curious if you, we can just start with talking about Tesla slashing its prices. Let's just explain this drop and what this price slash even looks like. Well, I think, uh, you know, what's been happening over the course of the past year is that Tesla has announced global price cuts across all models, including in Canada. And what we're now seeing is uh, kind of a huge change where Tesla is charging less for the base Model Y SUV than what the average new vehicle sells for in the U.S. So that's not Canadian statistics, but it really out- overturns this idea that electric vehicles are going to be going forward kind of automatically more ex- expensive than a traditional combustion engine vehicle. So when we get to the why is, you know, kind of the interesting part about this potentially leading us to a price war surrounding uh, EVs. So other vehicle manufacturers, at least how I understand it, are entering the EV industry. And and now Tesla sees that they're going to have a bunch of competition. So they're lowering their prices to sort of match where the other competitors could get to. Is that is that right? Can you expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess I would start with electric vehicles are going to be just this huge global boon and change in just how all the supply chains have worked for auto manufacturing. So globally, as of 2023, automotive manufacturers around the world have announced $1.2 trillion of investment out to 2030. Like this is a huge new market. And they're doing that, I think, because we're seeing, you know, not only what you mentioned in terms of sales targets, but a real uptake in interest around the world in driving Mm -hmm. electric vehicles um, and really connected to the kind of lower lifetime cost of electric vehicles, the lower maintenance costs, you know, people are seeing the advantage of driving them. So that's really driving a lot of investment of a lot of automakers, all really wanting to get in the game and really, you know, work in a market that Tesla up until this point had pretty much cornered. So, you know, just in 2022 alone here in Canada, we saw at least um, $8 billion of EV battery investments. And that's even before the recent announcement around Volkswagen. So the space is moving really quickly. And when you start seeing these big traditional auto manufacturers trying to compete for market share, we're really seeing a lot of increase in the number of models that are available, you know, in jurisdictions elsewhere, we're seeing these huge, you know, decreases in the price as battery chemistries and battery prices come down. So I think that's going to create a really interesting space where there's been going to be a lot more competition than there has been in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting when electric vehicles sort of, you know, became something that we were wrapping our heads around, it was all about the, the emissions, the lack of emissions and the environmental reasons why these might be a good idea. But now it seems like they just might be better for a consumer in terms of the price, in terms of the save, the long-term savings. You know, people that drive them say they really like them because they're really quiet, <laughs> they're really smooth. Can you expand a little bit on the the price and how that might compare to a regular vehicle that we're driving and familiar with today? 
Yeah, absolutely. So last year, our organization analyzed a number of popular electric car models, kind of comparing their total ownership costs with gas equivalents. So, for example, you know, what would an electric Hyundai Kona cost you in the lifetime cost of the vehicle versus a gas-powered Hyundai Kona? Or, you know, comparisons between pickup trucks. And with only one exception, the electric version of every car analyzed cheaper was significant, was cheaper and usually significantly cheaper. So, for example, the Kona, if you owned it over the lifetime of eight years, kind of on average, it could save you, you know, over $10,000 in terms of that lower fuel cost, lower maintenance cost, even when you counted in that kind of higher upfront cost to purchase. And that's at a gas price of $1.45. So if gas did go a lot higher than that, those savings, you know, kind of rack up even more. So basically, uh, the more you drive an EV, the more money it kind of puts back in the pocket of the, the driver. And in addition, you know, you mentioned, I think, those benefits of, you know, having less noise. It's, you know, got great torque and pickup. So people are kind of seeing, you know, this is really a different vehicle to drive and to own than I think they might have thought a few years ago. We still have such a long way to go, though, in terms of creating infrastructure just in our in our world right now to accommodate this big boom. How do you see us being able to get there? Yeah, I mean, I think we're at different states across the country in a number of different ways. And obviously, there's still work to do. You know, charging comes up a lot is something that people think might be an obstacle to purchasing an electric vehicle. And I guess a couple of pieces around that. Um, First of all, the average range of a new electric vehicle has also really just skyrocketed in the past few years. So now the sort of an average electric vehicle on the market might have a range of over 400 kilometers. And, you know, that really wasn't the case a couple of years ago. The other piece around charging, and as I said, definitely there is still work to do in Canada uh, to make sure we have a charging network that will provide, you know, comfort for all drivers that they're going to be able to meet their needs. But what drivers find really interesting when they actually get behind the wheel of an EV is for the vast majority of people, they're going to want to do about 80% of their charging at home. So that's a bit of a challenge for folks who have to currently park, use street parking or who are living in multi-unit residential buildings, like how are they going to be able to have chargers? That's really certainly the next frontier. But for somebody who might own uh, a garage or an access to their house where they can plug in, it's really, you know, this freedom of not being kind of attached to, you know, gassing up at the gas station, but really doing the vast majority of charging at home and relying on a charging infrastructure for those longer trips. There's there's so much conversation about different forms of clean energy. Hydrogen is one that gets really brought up a lot. Do you see a future where there's sort of a marriage of what's on the road? Maybe it's some hydrogen-fueled vehicles uh, or engines that have been adapted to accommodate that? Or do you think that electric zero-emission vehicles is going to be the only way forward? You know, I, I think... We would prefer to be a little technology agnostic, but I think what we're starting to see in the market as battery electric vehicles really come down in price and start really taking their market share, there's really a lot of, I think um, certainly in those 
uh, like lighter vehicle classes, like a car you or I might drive, you know, like a real edge on the battery electric versions. Um, and there's going to be, you know, this charging infrastructure being put in place now over 20,000 chargers operating in Canada um, to really service those. You know, certainly I think hydrogen as a fuel has its, you know, purpose in our clean energy fu- in our clean energy future in lots of ways. And some people speculate it might have a larger role in kind of bigger vehicles or larger transport classes. Um, but what you'll see on the market today in Canada is in electric uh, or zero emission vehicles is predominantly electric models. Rachel, as we start to move towards this transition that we're hoping to see by 2035, that uh, all new vehicles sold are electric zero emission vehicles. Um, I have questions about what that transition is going to look like as the EV sector is is shifting and rapidly growing, but we do just have to take a very short break. So I want to get to that question. I want to touch on just a little bit more with you while we have you. Uh, we'll come back really quickly. You're talking about the electric vehicle sector and just how rapidly it's uh, it's expanding. Our guest is the Director of Policy and Strategy at Clean Energy Canada Think Tank based at Simon Fraser University, Rachel Doran. Chelsea on Chad continues in three minutes. We're talking about the electric vehicle sector and how rapidly it's booming. Tesla has slashed its prices to compete with other auto manufacturers that now are making electric vehicles and will be releasing them at uh, more of a moderate price point, at least compared to Tesla. Uh, and it's really highlighting the huge competition that exists within that industry and just how quickly it's really growing. Our guest is the Director of Policy and Strategy at Clean Energy Canada, a think tank based at Simon Fraser University, Rachel Doran. Rachel, thank you so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. Yeah, great to keep chatting with you. I think that it's just so interesting to imagine what this industry is really going to look like and how this will be something that's so familiar to us really soon. So many of us are going to be driving electric vehicles, but the goal is that any vehicle sold after 2035 will be electric, an electric zero emission vehicle. So I'm curious if you can touch on what that transition is going to look like here in Canada. How, how will we get to that point? What happens to the vehicles that everyone else is driving right now? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe one thing is just how are we going to get to that point? I think one of the challenges we've seen in the past few years is actually, as we've been talking, is people realize the benefits of electric vehicle and more and more people think they might fit well into their lifestyles. We've actually seen these kind of long wait lists and really unfulfilled demand in Canada for electric vehicles. So um, it's uh, an exciting sort of announcement earlier this year where the Canadian government sort of announced one of the ways it's going to make sure Canadian have access to those vehicles to be able to, you know, kind of increase the market share of electric vehicles over time. So that's something called a regulated sales target. And it basically means that um, automakers are going to be required to offer for sale a certain percentage kind of of the vehicles on their lot are going to need to be electric. And that percentage would increase over time. And so, you know, I guess when we were just talking about, like, how far are we off from that 100% future and people think, you know, are we going to make it? Really interestingly, BC and Quebec have actually had plans like this for a while. They've had regulated sales targets. And we see such a difference in the, like, numbers we're seeing in uptake there. So just for example, last year in BC, just over the border, um, one in five new cars sold in the end of 2022 so the fourth quarter were already electric Mm. you know that's 
a lot higher than it was in Alberta, where it was kind of one in 20. Canadian average is closer to one in 10. So, you know, we're really seeing where there are more cars available for people to be purchasing. There's a lot more people out there purchasing cars, and we're really getting on that track towards that 100% electric future. Um, and I guess I would just emphasize, I think all those sales targets, et cetera, those are just talking about, you know, what should be available for sale to the public. So not suggesting that anyone, you know, uh, couldn't still choose the car that would be right for them in the meantime. Um, so I think there's going to be a, a long ramp up where people will still have the option and be able to see. But I think, you know, people are, car companies are really starting to put their marketing dollars towards electric vehicles. You know, at the Super Bowl this year, three out of the four vehicles advertised in the, you know, with those big dollars in the Super Bowl were electric vehicles. So again, I think um, we're seeing people want to purchase them more because they're seeing the advantages, manufacturers putting the kind of their money where their, their mouth is, they've been electric vehicles and um, putting money towards manufacturing and advertising and making kind of that mass market appeal for electric vehicles. So yeah, certainly I think we have a long way still to go on making sure um, we have charging particular in smaller communities and as I described in um, those residential, you know, multi-use buildings but I you know I think where there's sort of supply we're really seeing this huge uptake already and we've really turned this corner where this is already like something that is really becoming a mass appeal in Canada. Yeah, it certainly seems like there's been a large mindset shift and this industry is reflecting it. It's moving very rapidly. Rachel, thank you so much for the time this afternoon and for having this conversation. Yeah, it was really my pleasure. Uh, welcome to, to have the chat and really great to, to, to chat with you, Chelsea. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much, Rachel.